Now the backstory is there's a demon. Your host, Reverend Bill M, brings us the devil's mischief. Carnal comedy clips. Netherworld novelty of numbers. Brought to you by RadioFreeSatan.com. Episode number 671. Happy Halloween, everybody. It's Bill M. here with The Devil's Mischief. It's that time of the year again for a Halloween special. I've done these almost every year here on The Devil's Mischief. There have been just so many Halloween novelty songs made over the decades. And, of course, comedy that fits in with some Halloween or gruesome themes. In more recent years, though, I've focused on particular themes. So last year, 2021, it was a 1940s Halloween theme that I did. You know, I played excerpts from Halloween episodes by Jack Benny and Abbott and Costello, also music from Bing Crosby, Spike Jones, and so on. And the year before that, a 1970s Halloween rock special, which I was really proud of, personally. And I do try to change things up every year. I've said since day one that I don't want to be one of those comedy shows that just plays the same tracks over and over again. In fact, I honestly don't know if there's any one track I've played on the show more than, say, ten times. Maybe, I don't know. But considering the show has been around for almost 20 years, I would say that's, you know, keeping things fresh. This year on Radio Free Satan, there are a couple of other shows with Halloween specials. I was just listening the other day to The Metal Grotto and their special. Also, Reverend Jimmy Psycho came by Radio Free Satan. He's great, and he created this one-off Halloween special that I really loved. Threw in some Les Baxter. I love Les Baxter. But for The Devil's Mischief, I wanted to, uh, to play some of my favorite comedy tracks related to Halloween or horror and the like, which I haven't played on the show in the last five or six years. And I also wanted to play some stuff I've never played on the show before. Recently, I got an email from Chris who told me about his band, The Deadbeat Jacks, a rockabilly, psychobilly trio, guitar, drums, upright bass. And he suggested some tracks of theirs that he thought would fit in with the Halloween theme. And I'm going to play two of those, and also a third one, which he didn't suggest, but which I think uh, fits in. So I'll be happily featuring a few tracks of theirs in this show. And you know, one comedian who is world famous, but I just personally never got into all that much, is Jerry Seinfeld. I don't hate Seinfeld. I think from an objective standpoint, he's a good comedian. I just never really got into him. I never got into the TV show, Seinfeld. It, it just doesn't appeal to me. There is, however, one big exception. He had this routine on Halloween, which I absolutely love. And I think it's one of the few things I've ever played from him on The Devil's Mischief. So I'm going to play that. Right after this opening track from Eddie Murphy on the haunted houses and horror movies, which, satanically speaking, I have to say... The track in and of itself relates to the satanic sin of forgetfulness of past orthodoxies. Because this routine of his has been stolen by so many other black comedians in the years that followed. But anyway, here is Eddie Murphy. 
I got fed up with TV and shit because I seen all the Star Treks. I started watching cable. I'm watching. I was watching Poltergeist last month. I got a question. Why don't white people just leave the house when there's a ghost in the house? Y'all stay in the house too fucking long. Get the fuck out of the house. Very simple. It's a ghost in the house. Get the fuck out. And not only did they stay in the motherfucking house and pull the guys, they invited more white people over. Sitting around going, our daughter Carol Ann's from the television set. I would have been gone. If I had a daughter been down the precinct saying, look, man, uh, I went home and my fucking daughter's in the TV set and shit, so I just fucking left. You can have all that shit. I ain't going to back, back to the motherfucker. No, I just came down so when she ain't up at school, you th don't think I killed the bitch or nothing like that. But she is inside the TV set. You can have all that shit. Fuck it. Uh, Mr. Murphy, didn't you try to save your daughter? Yeah, I'm a man. I tried to save. I turned the channel. The shit didn't work. I got the fuck out. Leave. The kid was only six years old in the movie. They couldn't have been too attached to her. Leave. In the Amityville Horror, the ghost told them to get out the house. White people stayed in there. Now that's a hint and a half for your ass. A ghost say, get the fuck out. I would just tip the fuck out the door. They walked and looked in the toilet bowl. was blood in the toilet. They said, that's peculiar. I would have been in the house and said, oh, baby, this is beautiful. We got a chandelier hanging up here, kids outside playing. It's a beautiful neighborhood. We ain't got nothing to wear. I really love them. This is really nice. Too bad we can't stay, baby. One thing I do like being down there with the old people is it makes me feel like I'm little again, like a little kid. And when you're a kid, you can eat an amazing amounts of food. And that, all, just candy. That's all I ate when I was a kid. The only thought I had growing up was get candy. That was my only thought in my brain for the 10 years of human life. Just get candy, get candy, get candy, get candy, get candy, get candy. Family, friends, school. These were just obstacles in the way of getting more candy. That's why you had to teach kids not to take candy from strangers if they're playing in a playground. And they can barely understand it. Don't, no candy from strangers? All right, candy, strangers, no candy. All right, because otherwise I'm taking the candy anywhere I can get it. There's such candy moron, idiot brains. Just this man has candy, I'm going with him. Goodbye, I don't care what happens to me. Get candy, get candy, get candy. No, don't go. They'll torture you. They'll kidnap you. It doesn't matter. He has no Henry. I have to take that chance. Get candy, get candy, get candy. So the first time you hear the concept of Halloween when you're a kid, remember the first time you even heard about it? It's like, your brain can't even... What, what is this? Who's giving out candy? Someone's giving out candy? Who, who is giving out this candy? Everyone that we know is just giving out candy? I gotta be a part of this. Take me with you. I, I wanna do it. I'll do anything that they want. I can wear that. I'll wear anything I have to wear. I'll do anything I have to do. I will get the candy from these fools that are so stupidly giving it away. So the first couple of years, I made my own costume. They, of course, sucked. Ghost, hobo, no good. So I'm begging the parents, you got to get me one of the ones from the store, the cardboard box, the cellophane top. So one year, third year, finally got it. Superman costume. Not surprisingly. Mask included in the set. 
Remember the rubber band on the back of that mask? That was a quality item there, wasn't it? It was good for about 10 seconds before it snapped out of that cheap little staple they put it in there with. Thinnest gray rubber in the world. You go to your first house, trick or snap, it broke. I don't believe it. Wait up, I gotta fix it, you guys. Come on. Wait up. That's a good thing. Wait up. Kids don't want other kids to wait. They must wait up. You wait up. Because when you're little, life is up. You're growing up. Everything is up. Wait up. Hold up. Shut up. Mom, I'll clean up. Let me stay up. Parents, of course, are just the opposite. Just calm down. <laughs> Slow down. Come down here. Sit down. Put that down. You are grounded. And keep it down in there. So I had my Superman Halloween costume. I was physically ready. I was mentally prepared. And I assume when I put this costume on, I would probably look exactly <laughs> like the Superman I had come to know on television and in the movies. Now, you remember these costumes. It's not exactly the super fit that you are hoping for. You look more like you're wearing Superman's pajamas is what you look like. It's all loose and flowing. Neckline kind of comes down to about there. <laughs> you got that flimsy little ribbon string holding it together in the back. Plus, my mother makes me wear my winter coat over the costume anyway. Call Superman wearing a jacket. <laughs> so you're going out there, you know, and the mask keeps breaking. So the rubber band keeps getting shorter. I'm keep make gets tighter and tighter on your face. You can't even see. You're trying to breathe through that. Remember that little hole that gets all sweaty in there? And the mask starts slicing into your eyeballs. I can't see, I can't breathe, but we gotta get the candy. Let's keep going. A half hour into it, you take that mask. Oh, the hell with it. <laughs> Bing bong. Yeah, it's me. Give me that candy. I'm Superman. Look at the pant legs. What the hell's the difference? Remember those last few Halloweens? Getting a little too old for it. Just kind of going through the motions. Bing bong, come on, lady, let's go. <laughs> Halloween, doorbells, candy, let's pick up the pace. And, uh, you come to the door, they always ask you those same stupid questions. What are you supposed to be? I'm supposed to be done by now. You want to move it along with the Three Musketeers? I got 18 houses on this block alone. You just hit the bag, we hit the road. That's the routine. Let's just pick it up. Sometimes they give you that little white bag twisted on the top. You know that's going to be some crap candy. <laughs> it's got to have those official Halloween markings on it. Hold it, lady. Wait a second. What is this? The orange marshmallow shaped like a big peanut? Do me a favor. You keep that one. <laughs> yeah, we got all the doorstops we need already. Thank you very much. 
We're going for name candy only this year. And I think about how I used to eat when I was a kid. How I would, I remember Halloween, I would get, you know, I would have like a punch bowl and I would fill it with candy. The top of it would be curved. That's how much candy would, I would consume that entire punch bowl that night. Next day, feel fantastic. If you're an adult and you're planning to wear a costume on Halloween, don't. I don't even know why we celebrate it in New York. It's a harvest holiday, and we don't harvest shit. It's a holiday for children, because children want to dress up all the time. And you have to go, nope, this is the night, so shut the fuck up. You're an adult, and you can put on a costume whenever you want. You don't need permission anymore. If you wake up next Tuesday and you feel like being Batman, go for it. You go into work, the boss says, who are you? And you go, I am Batman. That's who I am. Who are you? But nothing proves just how dumb we are collectively as a people. Nothing proves it more than candy corn. Candy corn, but using the word candy to describe it is wrong. Using the word corn is wrong. It does not taste like candy nor corn. It tastes like something that was made out of oil. You could take all the bags of candy corn and actually, if you melted them down, you could run a car. It is one of the shittiest tastes I've ever had in my mouth. All the candy corn that was ever made was made in 1914. They never had to make it again. We never eat enough of it. We only eat two or three or four pieces a piece. And so, literally after Halloween, the candy corn companies send out their minions. A word I've never really had the opportunity to use. And they go from garbage can to garbage can and collect the corn and throw it back in the bags. And it appears next year. I will never forget the first time my mother gave me candy corn. She said, Lewis, this is corn and it tastes like candy. Oh, boy.
this tastes like shit. My mother's fucking with me. So I grabbed another and it tasted like shit too. And every year since then, Halloween returns and I, like an Alzheimer's patient, find myself in a room and there's a table and on that table is a bowl filled with candy corn for no apparent reason. And I look at it and even though I've seen it over and over and over again, it is as if I am seeing it for the first time. Candy corn, I think. Corn that tastes like candy. God, I can't wait. Son of a bitch! And then I grab another. And I eat just the yellow part. Believing somehow that's the corn part. And then I take two more pieces and I shove them on my right teeth like this. And I am Dracula. That is why, when this Halloween will come, and those of you who are parents, and know, absolutely know, that this candy tastes like shit, will give it to your children. And so it goes, from generation to generation to generation, we the people pass on a legacy of shit. And then you wonder why we can't elect a good leader. Bill M. here with the 2022 Halloween special of The Devil's Mischief. As I said, there are other great shows to listen to on RadioFreeSatan.com. Besides the ones I mentioned at the start of the show, we've got Warlock Jeff Ivins on The Metro, spinning new wave, post-punk, and pop from that decade of decadence, the 1980s. Though we've also got classical and orchestral music from Magister Gene on his show, Vox Satani. And it's all on RadioFreeSatan.com. Speaking of spooky things and radio shows, I was recently a guest on Coast to Coast AM, a nationally broadcast radio show about the strange and paranormal. I was interviewed for two hours, and about 25 minutes of that is publicly available. I have the full recording myself, but unfortunately I do not have the rights to distribute that since Coast to Coast AM is not my radio show. Uh, One show that is mine, of course, is the other podcast that I do, Satan's Plane. And I have a new episode talking about my time on Coast to Coast AM. I talk about a lot of other stuff on Satan's Plane, actually. Satan's Plane is not part of Radio Free Satan, but nonetheless, you can go here, Satansplain on satansplain.com and lots of other places where podcasts are available. That's satansplain.com S-A-T-A-N-S-P-L-A-I-N.com 
Satansplain. You know, it's like mansplaining, except I Satansplain. Or maybe address the non-Satanists who try to Satansplain Satanism to Satanists, however you wish to view it. In that uh, first block here on The Devil's Mischief, you heard Eddie Murphy and then Jerry Seinfeld, and finally Louis Black with his rant about candy corn. I'm in that minority of people who actually likes candy corn. But uh, I'm also one of those weirdos who likes black licorice and pineapple on pizza. Mathematics. Satan. Celtic Frost's Cold Lake album. And other things people hate. But because it is Halloween, as always, I want to play at least one song from two of my favorites, Alice Cooper and Screamin' Jay Hawkins. I was going to play the most famous song from Screamin' Jay Hawkins, one of the most famous Halloween novelty songs, period. I put a spell on you. But I thought I wanted to play one of his other tracks instead. You know, something else besides that. So this is a song of his called Little Demon, one of my favorites from him. And it will be a nice segue into the song that you'll hear after this, which is from the Deadbeat Jacks. And that song is called Demon O. I'd like to read you a brief description of the Deadbeat Jacks from their website, which is dead-beat-jacks5.webnode.com. You guys maybe want to think about getting a domain name. Anyway... The Deadbeat Jacks is a group that plays interesting rock music from ballads to rip and rockabilly and psychobilly. We focus mainly on original material, most with a dark tone and a campy sense of humor, often evoking the imagery of horror B-movies and comic books. Our music is influenced greatly by other artists such as the Reverend Horton Heat, The Creep Show, The Necromantics, and The Coffin Cats, as well as many artists going as far back as the 1950s and 60s. We feel that we have a unique sound that is a bit different, which remakes the songs we cover as our own. Our music has something for everyone, while holding true to the feels and sounds that inspire us. And speaking of the 1950s, let us start with Screamin' Jay Hawkins, Little Demon. Little Demon, a song which must be referring to Satan Bear, right? Satan Bear, you know, the demonic teddy bear who is the Devil's Mischief's mascot? I don't know. Let's have a listen. Down in the valley on the foggy hill rocks with a crazy little demon blowing his top. Fire in his eyes and smoke from his head. You gotta be real cool to hear the words he said. He did a So he had death on his mind Cause my demon let him go Going around through the world Till he understand his pain Somebody help him Get his demon home again He get a Took the fruity out of fruity, had the devil drinking wine. He did a pop, 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 pop,
But she finally got across to the crazy little demon that a woman still a boss. Down in the valley on the foggy hill rock, you can still hear the demon blowing his top. Afternoon, he even made leap year jump over the moon. He took the 4th of July and he put it in May. He took this morning, bought back yesterday. He did a
movies it's fucking hard man and it got even harder this year because they released a movie on dvd it was made in 1977 they never released it it just now got put out on dvd this year and it's called deathbed the bed that eats people i'm not making go imdb this this is a real movie deathbed the bed that eats people and it's about a bed that's evil and it eats people that's the whole movie. And the backstory is it's like the 1500s. There's a demon. The guy kills the demon with the sword. The demon's blood gets on the bed. Now the bed's possessed. Go to present day, 77. When people fuck on the bed, the bed kills them because it's evil. That's the, that's the fucking plot. So I've sold four different movies to four different uh, studios. And a lot of you are thinking, hey, you got it made, kid. Hang on. Because when you sell a screenplay, you then go through a one-year notes process that will make you want to stab yourself in the eyes with your own dick that you've torn off, shellacked, and turned into a letter opener. That is how insane. Like, yeah, um, we have some notes. On page two, she's eating peanuts, but then later she's wearing a hat. Does that make sense? You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? This guy wrote Deathbed, the bed that eats people, took it to a second guy and said, okay, it's called Deathbed, the bed that eats people. Now the backstory is, there's a demon, and then the second guy said, stop drilling, you hit oil. You had me at Deathbed. We are going to rent cameras, buy film stock, hire a crew, we are shooting this masterpiece. They hired a crew. Caterers woke up at dawn and boiled coffee and sliced bagels for people to have the fuel to act in deathbed, the bed that eats people. A carpenter drove nails into wood, building the deathbed. Probably tore his shoulder out. You know, fucked up his rotator cuff. Couldn't play catch with his son growing up. Now the son grows up to resent him. He's blowing guys in bus stations all day. 50 dicks in his ass like the tail of a peacock. And his dad's going, you know what? He'll finally understand when he sees deathbed, the bed that eats people. <laughs> of the four movies I've sold, I've started 10 other screenplays. I get halfway through and go, fuck it. I'm, I, just, I just give up. I, just, I have no discipline. I just, ah, I can't fucking finish it. This guy thought up deathbed, the bed that eats people, and fucking finished it. That means one of two things happened. He either never had a moment's doubt, just hit that typewriter every day, just going, yeah, and then the pillow starts to smother. Oh, this is awesome! <laughs> Reach down, God, give me a high five. Boom! <laughs> or here's what's worse. What if he had moments of doubt and then fucking worked through them? <laughs> That's so much worse for me if he was just going, and then the pillow starts to... What the fuck am I writing? I'm putting my name on this piece of sugar. No, I will finish this. I will finish what I start. Hear that little poster of the kitten hanging in the tree going, just hang in there, baby. He goes, yes, I will hang in there, kitten. So look for my new movie next summer. Uh, it's called Rape Stove. 
the stove that rapes people. I'm very excited. It's gonna happen.
was sitting in my room, dark and grey and crying. Someone in my life I fear was at the point of dying. A cold wind blew right up my spine. It was the break of dawn. A little voice way deep inside told me she was gone. Ah, this house is Devil's Mischief. It's a 2022 Halloween special. Visit the official website for The Devil's Mischief, which is, conveniently enough, devilsmischief.com. You can also email me. Bill at devilsmischief.com is the email address. We heard a block of comedy and novelty. Screamer J. Hawkins with Little Demon. The Deadbeat Jacks with Demon O. And also their song Zombie Bloodbath. And in between, Pat Oswalt's doing some comedy about Deathbed. And finally, Alice Cooper, because I wanted to play a good Alice Cooper Halloween song. And that was his song called This House is Haunted. That was from his 2003 album, The Eyes of Alice Cooper. I saw him on that tour, and I have a poster I bought 
from one of the concerts and I framed it. It's hanging up in my home. It says 2003 at the bottom of the poster and it's made to look like a vintage poster from the 1970s or something. And it's funny because looking at it now with the date being, you know, 2003, almost 20 years later, it's it's like the poster is actually vintage now. The new has become the old. Go figure. So when it comes to Halloween, one of the themes that will come up is uh, graveyards, funerals, death, that sort of thing. So with that, I will play one more track from the Deadbeat Jacks from the 2021 album of theirs, Graveyard Chicks Are Easy. And that is the title track of the album. That's what I'm going to play. Related to that, though, Nick DiPaolo had a great comedy special a couple years back called A Breath of Fresh Air. And I've played some excerpts from it before, but I have not played this particular one, which closes his show, and it's all about wakes and funerals. Have a listen. My, my parents' friends are dropping dead by the dozens. They're like fucking hummels on a crooked shelf, just sliding off and smashing. I've been to two funerals and two wakes in the last seven months. I'm so sick of renting tuxedos and top hats for these fucking people. That's what I wear. I show the proper respect. I go, oh, fucking Mr. Consoli, I bought a bird feeder off this asshole. He didn't, he didn't even finish it. You look at my gold watch. <laughs> People don't dress up anymore. My grandmother died. My buddy shows up with a Dustin Pedroia t-shirt on. What the fuck? She's from Italy. She was born in 1885. I don't think she really appreciates a fucking 463 double play, okay? Fuck my screen. I like wakes better than funerals. You know why I like wakes? You get to kneel down next to a dead body, like two feet away. It doesn't happen that often if you're white. Am I right, folks? It really is. Fake white fucking offense. Ah, I kind of be offended. He said black. You guys do what I do at a wake. You kneel down next to the casket. You pretend you're saying a prayer, but you're really brow brow beating the body like a psycho for five minutes. I stay up there too long sometimes. Even at my grandmother's funeral, my dad yelled from behind. He goes, hey, what are you looking for signs of foul play? She's 98, for Christ's sake. We found her in the driveway, not John Gotti's basement. Let somebody else stare at her, for Christ's sake. I was staring at my Grammy's makeup. It was horrendous. Apparently, the makeup artist that do the Batman movies broke into Peterson's funeral home. She looked like Heath Ledger. Big, white, pasty, giant face. Fucking big, red, shit-eating grin. They should have propped her thumb up with super glue to make it look more natural. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, my, my Grammy needed the makeup. She was not a looker, you know. In her prime, she looked like a young Bill Parcells. You know? <laughs> Nice head of gray hair, saggy tits, sweater vest, fucking shitty attitude. Hey, put a headset on Matilda. She'll call a nickel package. Watch. Go ahead. It's not a And then my buddy's dad drops dead. Don't get sad. Nobody liked him. He's a loudmouth drunk. But I like the kid, so I went to the wake, got a respect, right? And then I'm kneeling down and looking at his father in the casket, and I'm getting irritated. And I'm going, what, the, what is bothering me about this picture? And then it dawned to me, every time I met this guy when he was alive, he was in shorts and a wife beater and flip-flops. Now he's in front of me in like a $3,000 Armani suit, 
$800 shoes? What a phony fuck. That's a waste of clothes. Does Calvin Klein know the shit that he works on for three years is going right into the hole to be covered in maggots in 10 minutes? It's a waste of clothes. How about the fucking immigrant digging the hole at the cemetery making 40 bucks a week? He could use a pair of pants, couldn't he? I mean, what a... You know what happens, as soon as the, the family leaves the cemetery, the immigrant pulls the suit off the fucking guy and brings the casket home, makes a go-kart for his 12 kids. <laughs> the next day, you look out the window at your neighbor's gardener, he's cutting roses in a Hugo Boss. La camisa, la pantalones, Sam, muy bien, eh? All those clothes, you ever think about that? Talk about wasting shit, one square of toilet paper. Take off your clothes before they fucking bury you. It's a waste. You guys see a cemetery, you think what? You think dead people. I think men's warehouse. <laughs> you're gonna like the way you look. Well, not in a couple of years, but right now, you're gonna like the way you look. Hey, Billy needs a soup for the prom. Oh, where's my shovel? I'll be back in 20 minutes. What's the big fucking... Cut to Billy slow dancing with his date. He's got maggots on his collar. Who got tonight? Who needs tomorrow? <laughs> hey, Billy, his suit smells like shit. Fuck you, it's formaldehyde. My dad got it for me. $11 at Forest Lawn. It's a waste of clothes. I have it in my will. I don't think my wife will do it. I want her to rip my suit off me at the cemetery in front of everybody. Right down to my tidy whities and dump me in that hole. Just like Joe Pesci at the end of Casino. My brother's like, he's still breathing. My wife's like, he's not still breathing. He's fucking dead. <laughs> That's how I want to go in my underwear. Then we had to go to an estate planner, me and the wife. We're at that age. That's when you go to get your financial affairs in order before you die. I'm at that fucking age. Well, that ought to take a long time. I've sold 22 CDs in a 30-year comedy career. <laughs> Hope my nieces and nephews don't break their back picking up that pot of gold, huh? <laughs> so we go to see these Jews. I mean lawyers, and uh, I mean globalists. I mean lawyers, I mean. And this one lawyer hated my guts the minute I walked in. Uh, he must have been a big lib, he knows my comedy and shit. Hated me for the whole hour we were in there. He kept using this term, we're talking about dying and wills. He kept using this term and every time he said he would point to me with a stern look on his face. He goes, let's say you get hit by a bus tomorrow. <laughs> After like the third time I said, let's say my wife gets hit by the fucking bus and I'm driving it. You wanna paint a real picture, counselor? Yeah, I'm driving it, my girlfriend's sitting in my lap, she's staring, I'm working the pedals, because she's 17, doesn't have her license yet, and we're backing over her legs and over and I go, why do you have me getting killed in this story by a bus four times? What am I, 80 years old and living in the parking lot of the Greyhound bus station in a tent? What the fuck? And then he looks at me and asks the big question. Now, Mr. DiPaolo, we had the living will discussion. If your wife was in a uh, vegetative state, would you have a problem of pulling the plug on her? And that's when I spit coffee out my nose, my eye holes. I was fucking belly laughing for like 11 minutes. And, and he's like, what's so funny? I'm like, well, I tried to strangle her with an extension cord two weeks ago. That's sort of like foreshadowing your question, isn't it, counselor? There's electricity involved. 
Would I have a problem pulling a plug on a woman who fucks me once every three months, busts my balls 24-7 into a fine dust, hates my family? I think I could muster up the will to love Are you shitting me? I'll be in the basement of the hospital pissing on the generator. Whoops, I spilled another big gulp on the nurse's computer. We got a code blue in the witch's room. I mean, my wife's room, code blue. Everybody. And they asked my wife the same thing. You don't think she feels the exact same way? They said, Mrs. DiPaolo, would you have a problem? If your husband was in a vegetative state, pulling the plug on her, and she's like, would I have a problem pulling a plug on this verbally abusive guinea whose showbiz career consists of opening at Fuddruckers and playing co-hos three times a year? And <laughs> a guy. A guy who asked me to marry him at my physical peak. I could have blown any hedge fund manager in the country, been set for fucking life. Uh, this doesn't take electricity, counsel. Hand me that letter opener. Thank you. <laughs> my wife better pray that I die first. Cause she is the smart one out of the two. I know that's very fucking cliche to say, but it's true. She keeps my books. She was a great accountant, went to school for finance. She's a genius. I can't even work my fucking email. If she dies first, her body is not gonna see a cemetery for six, seven years. I'm gonna have her corpse in my garage, leaning against a canoe with a tarp over it. There's gonna be squirrels nesting in her ass cracks, spiders in her eye holes, fucking smell coming out of my garage. I'll be in her office trying to open the dead folder on her computer. And this part is true. She has a folder on her computer. It's for me. It's labeled when I die. It's where all the attorney's numbers are and all the money and shit. I have a folder on my desktop. It's labeled when she dies. You open it up. It's a picture of three of her friends I've wanted to fuck for the last 10 years. So. Hey, Cohoes, I had a great time.
You have been listening to The Devil's Mischief. I want to thank you all for tuning in to this 2022 Halloween special. Admittedly, I spend more time these days on my other podcast, Satan Splain, but I still love comedy. I still love the novelty music. And seeing that I have no shortage of either to play, well, I don't see myself stopping The Devil's Mischief anytime soon. So I'm going to close things off with another bit from Nick DiPaolo. This is a, shall we say, unofficial recording, so the quality isn't the best. But I saw Nick in 2020. I think it was one of the last shows I saw of anybody before the lockdowns. And he had this whole routine about Halloween in Savannah, Georgia, and the audience was just falling out of their seats. So I think it's a fitting track to play. Happy Halloween. Indulge in the candy. Hail Satan. Bye-bye. Integrated down there. Black people get along, fucker. Halloween. Halloween in my house in Savannah. I lived in Westchester County on a dirt road in the woods. We had lived there 16 years. We had not one trip or three 16 years. I lived on a main drag in Savannah. We had, we went through 33 bags of candies. I'd say about 100, 105 trick-or-treaters, only two white kids. Um, I'm not quite a bitch, you fucking fat. 103 black kids in my house, that doesn't make you laugh, I don't like politics. So we set up a mannequin. Black people don't like that supernatural shit. They freak the fuck out. And I said, I'm going to have a fucking ball tonight. I got like a black kid. I go, watch this. We had a mannequin on the fucking front porch with like a mask on it. And then I sat opposite him in another room. I had that fucking uh, mask on. These little black kids are coming up. My wife is so nice. She's a fucking evil bitch. I found out she's sucking it. She's like, give me a Like she couldn't believe how she helped me right in the fucking neighborhood. And, and, and she and that little black kid goes, he's like eight years old. Is that real? She goes, no, it's a mannequin. He didn't tap on his knee. And so she kid taps on the knee and fucking. Then he goes, is that real? My wife goes, no, tap on his knee. And the kid touched me. Like, ah! Fucking kid came off the ground like fuck. His mother took off, dropped her cell phone, and broke into like eleven pieces. And the hardest part was I couldn't tell the mothers from the daughters. I didn't know what dad put the candy in. It's like a two-year age difference. <laughs> oh yeah, let's move on something that's true. You fucking little cocksucker. <laughs> but then there were other black kids who weren't scared of shit. They fucking lived in the hood like a two blocks from me. The fucking kid comes up, he's like eight years old. Like, I don't I ordered this mask online. The little black kid goes, that's Pennywise. And I didn't know what the fuck that was. That was a Halloween mask. And I go, what's Pennywise? His father goes, he goes, you ain't that Netflix nigga? I was called the nigga. That's not funny. <laughs> and then after 10 o'clock, the trick or treat sort of changed. All of a sudden, like, white escalades would pull up. And like four guys in like their early thirties looking up, and just like hoodies on, no outfits. I'm like who are you supposed to be? He's like Trayvon Martin, motherfucker. Give me that twitch. <laughs> then I ran out of candy. They were mad. I go, what the fuck?
fuck you guys think the fucking country and diabetes? You know, is that part Sugarfoot, as you call it. That's what they call it. Black people call it sugarfoot. A mailman told me that. And then this black kid comes up, I go, look, you're a, little, oh, you're a pirate. You're missing a foot. His dad's like, no, you're a sugarfoot. He's like, Don't worry, that's the end.